Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hello, listeners. Hello, dear Shannon. <laughs> So nice to see you. Oh my gosh, it's so nice to see you like I do every day of my life, which is the best thing ever. I feel that way too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it sounds sarcastic, but it's actually true. Exit. It is. It I'm, is. Sorry, listeners, we're those people. We are. Sorry yeah. about that. Ew. Ew. Gross. Later on in this episode, we're going to be talking about Breaking Ground, which is song six from the 2020 101 project. It is weird because the song comes out on Wednesday, this podcast comes out. On Wednesday. What? And so it, it's all the things all at one time. Yeah. <laughs> we were planning right up until like last night that this would be one of the podcast episodes during this project that we're doing where we don't have a song to talk about. And then we're like, wait a minute. Actually. It's this- coming out on that day. Yeah. So we're actually in this really weird situation where I just had to quick make a render of the song in the its current form. It's not done yet. It'll be done later tonight. Yeah. Uh, so we could like play it on the podcast and talk about it. Although I will be swapping out the final audio into the podcast before we publish it. Magic of production. You'll you'll be hearing the final version when you hear this podcast. But yeah, we'll be we're- listening to a temp version and talking and commenting. <laughs> On that. Da, 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 da. Everything is so sketchy around here. Always. But all we're going to be time. talking about Breaking Ground. Yes. Can't wait to play it for you. It's a cool song. I'm yeah. really excited about this. Same. One. Yes. I feel that way about every song we do. And that's good because I think that when we stop feeling that way, that's when we got to hang it up. It's so true. This song sucks. Okay, we're done. <laughs> That'll be the conversation. That's right. It'll be quick. It'll be a quick conversation like our conversation about whether we want to have kids. We had this intentional conversation when Shannon turned 40, right? Because that's a dividing line for a woman. And she was like, it can be, yeah. Do you want to have kids? And I was like, no. How about you? She's like, nah. Okay, cool. Okay, then what do you want to eat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much how it went. So, uh, but yes, we're, we are debuting Breaking Ground on Wednesday. Uh, you might be hearing it for the first time on this podcast. Who knows? That's cool. Yeah. But we'll talk about it later, second half. People, I need to tell you before we do that, though, that Misfit Stars is a listener-supported podcast. It sure is. I said that kind of in a solemn way. Like, it is with a heavy heart no, that I must inform you. It is with a joyful heart. It is. Yes. We are so joyful about this new happening in our lives. It's not that new. It's about a year old. But Shannon and I have managed over the last year to radically transform how we do our work. Uh, it used to be much more transactional, right? We make things, music as widget, and then we try to sell that widget to as many people as possible, mostly in person, mostly in backyards. And that's <laughs> great. We love our house concerts. That's how we've met so many of you, so many of the amazing people in our mm-hmm. lives. We're so grateful for it. Also, it's not a sustainable way forward for the rest of our lives. Well, it certainly isn't pandemic proof. No, <laughs> that's it. And the pandemic has really underscored the idea that it's only it only works under a certain very specific set of circumstances. Right, right. And those are not guaranteed to be forever for us. And this has been amazing because the pandemic forced us to figure out a new way to do things. But what unintentionally happened in our lives is that we managed to make the beginnings of separating what we do from money. Like it's not transactional, make music as widget, sell widget to people. It's get support from community, use that support to do the things that we do in the world. And that's just been a magical transformation. And then to be able to offer those things open-handedly. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's wonderful. I love it. My spirit loves it. It's like a really lovely way to do. And I, and, and thanks goes directly to our Misfit Stars community for supporting the work that we are doing in a ongoing sort of way month 
monthly support. Um, that 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 support is what has made this transformation, the beginnings of this transformation, possible. Yeah. And uh, it's very exciting. And we we know that we couldn't do it without you. So thank you, Misfit Stars, who are already in in that community. But I think you're about to say something about how uh, uh, we could maybe use more Misfit Stars. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> People, can I be super cheesy? Our constellation will never be full. Ah! Oh, that was corny as hell. I love it. So, in all seriousness, people. I love we, cheese, though, so. Yeah. Oh, so much, mm, yeah. Cheese. Mm. We would love to have you in our sort of inner circle. If you're listening to this and you want to be part of it, we would embrace that. Mm-hmm. We center that community these days, that sort of inner circle of ours, around our Misfit Stars social network, which has just been popping off this it's last so week or so. Great. It's really feeling like it started to reach that sort of critical mass. It's not as big as it will eventually be, for sure, mm-hmm. but it has reached a certain amount of critical mass that just seems like it's just constantly bubbling with conversation. And I've just been having amazing conversations in there. Same. And you know what I love? I love seeing Misfit Stars in there who were not previously able to be part of our online community because they weren't on Facebook. And so, you know, to be able to get these folks uh, into the conversation and into the interactions within the community is so, so cool. And, And also, like... Uh, it, it's it's just it's just a peaceful, lovely place. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, I, I no distractions, no bullshit. If you're if you are a person who is who is on Facebook, um, you might have noticed that I'm on there a lot less these days. Yeah. Like I and I and I, and I uh, it's good for me. I, it's good for my for my brain and yeah. for my heart. You know, I'll still post stuff there, but I don't spend time scrolling a whole lot. Facebook is assaultive. It, yeah, so you know, I I. I love it that I can pop open my phone uh, and when I want to interact with my people, I go first to the Misfit Stars social network. That's yeah. where I go first. And and I spend more time there digging into what other people are posting and having conversations and stuff like that. And it feels just so much more rewarding and, and great, you know, and, and I pop over briefly to Facebook and then, you know, pop right yeah. back out as soon as I can. And like, I want to take great pains to like, first of all, say that I agree with Shannon on this. That's also been my experience. Secondly, this I don't want it to, it to be perceived as like a we don't like the people on Facebook. That's oh, no, not no, 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 no. We love all of you so so much. <laughs> like we are so incredibly fortunate to have such a far flung, amazing community of people. Almost all of whom we've met because of the art that we do, the work that we do in the world. It's just been this huge, amazing thing in our lives, and we love it so so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Facebook itself, Facebook has become increasingly problematic. Oh gosh, it's really hard, like physically sometimes to be on there just because I can feel that algorithm of theirs just constantly working ever more to do what it wants me to do, not necessarily what I want to exactly. do. It's so assaultively distracting and it's just so hard to remain focused. It feels mm-hmm. like it's creating in me an ADHD that I don't even have. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. It just makes me feel a little bit anxious. It makes me feel a bit frantic. Like, uh, am I not satisfying you, Facebook? What am I doing wrong? Well, I, Why are you not showing me the people I love? Why are you showing me all this random crap? Like, what? what's going on? Gosh, that well, you really put your finger on something. That feeling of making you feel anxious or making you feel like something's wrong or missing or whatever, that is exactly what, like, advertisement does like they they have to create in you a need a perceived need that then you have to fill by buying stuff yeah (laughs) you know what I mean and and like that's exactly they're they're creating that that false 
sense in you that you're anxious or that you're not doing it right. Or you know what I mean? Like it's, it's really, it's really nefarious. Yeah, it really is. And I feel it keenly these days and it keeps me from the people I love. Right. It, it minimizes my time on their network because I just, I I can only take so much of it. It's really like emotionally difficult. Yeah, totally. But by contrast, the (sighs) Misfit Stars private social network is just a lovely place. I love the activity that I'm seeing bubbling in there. And also I wanted to mention, if you are listening to this podcast and you are a Misfit Star and Mm. you're like, oh, you know, that sounds great, but I always, I forget to check it because I, you know, naturally go to my other social media outlets, you know, and and I, you know, maybe I just don't remember to go to the Misfit Stars network. Adding a new website to your routine is hard. Yeah, I want to remind you that but uh, if you are someone who does social networking, social media on your phone, that we have our own app for oh this net social network, which you can, you install. It is It takes you just directly to the Misfit Stars social network when you get in there. You can set up notifications just like you do for any other social media. So if someone's, if, if someone, you know, you can, and you can decide what notifications you want to see. It's highly customizable. So like if, if you've posted something in the group and someone comments, it'll show you a little, you know, red, you know, on the front of your screen if you want to, or a little red bubble to remind you to go there. Um, these are, I, I oftentimes actually shut down my notifications for social media because I don't want to be bothered, you know, yeah. but I have my notifications on for the Misfit Stars social network because this is a place I actually do want to go. Having you know? something pop up on the front of my phone from the Misfit Stars social network is so great and wonderful. It's just like a little private gift. Yeah, it is. It, it, it feels less intrusive. If, it, but and again, you can customize the notifications that you want to receive. So it really, you can decide. You can choose your own adventure on yeah, that. You can have it be really intrusive. But if this sounds, you like. if you're listening to us and you're like, gosh, I really, the, the social network is cool. I've been there. It's beautiful. And it's great, you know, great people there. But I forget to go. Make sure you've got that app on your phone and set up some notifications to, you know, remind you to get back in there. Because really, like it is, it is, a, it's a lovely place. It's nurturing. Uh, we want to see more of you in there. Um, and it's already, I mean, there's a lot of folks in there and there's a lot of great conversation happening. We would just love for you to be part of it. Something I love to do is to get the notification on my phone, but then just go to the computer just because I can type faster with my fingers <laughs> yeah, and my thumbs. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it kind of works well in that way. Like I see a thing pop up on my phone, like Heather replied to your post. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I just pop up into my computer totally. and I go to the yeah. Star Social Network on there and it's yeah. great. They work well together. This is a big digression from our our from our 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 pitch. Essentially, oh, yeah. like this is a listener supported podcast, but it's more than just the podcast. Uh, it is it is the music that we make. It is you know the, this new album project we're doing, twenty twenty one hundred one. It's the music mentoring that Jamie's been doing in a super heavy way over the last many months. Mm-hmm. Uh, Almost a year now. Uh, yeah. Time has been flying. There's, you know, the, the, the concerts that we do, the Zoom hangouts, all the stuff that we're doing to, to, to create things I have that been... spur conversation and then cultivate community around these ideas and around each other's lives. This is, this is the work that we do and your support for Misfit Stars, for us, is what enables all that to happen. Yeah. So thank you, Misfit Stars, who are already there. And if you want to join... This is, the, this is the thing. If you want to join, you go to misfitstars.com slash join mm-hmm. and you sign up and yeah. that's it. We would love to have you. <laughs> were you going to say something? I wasn't. Oh, okay. I mean, I might've been at some point, Great. but you were going, you, you, got, you had a head of steam. I did. I did. I had yeah. to just like barrel through. Great. Good job. Yeah, thank great, you. Great and, barreling. End of ad? Yeah, sure. Misfitstars.com slash join. Thanks awesome. people. Uh, announcements. Want, want to do the song? You no. do it. You do it. 
announcements, announcements, announcements. Wow. I wish you all could have seen the facial expressions when he was doing that. It was like... I'm just doing what I tell people to do when I'm producing a record, which is inhabit the material. You did. You were like... If you had had like a top hat on and a cane... And I were a frog. (laughs) Gesticulation... Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. Totally. That's exactly what I had in my mind, actually. Yes. Uh, So announcements. But then you try to show it to a friend and I'm just all, ribbit. That's right. (laughs) I love it. That was a very obscure cartoon reference, people. Let us know in the comments if you got it. Were you a Warner Brothers kid too? Uh, Um, Anyway, uh, announcements. There's really just, uh, there there are two announcements, actually. Okay, you do one, I'll I'll do this one. The first announcement is that uh, our monthly Misfit Stars Zoom meetup is Thursday. That's the day after this podcast comes out. Yeah, Thursday the 8th. Uh, It's Thursday the 8th. I have uh, sent an invitation to you if you are a Misfit Star via our Misfit Stars transmission newsletter. Yep. I have also sent an invitation to you via the private social network. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Zoom link is there. We're going to be starting at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. We will be on the Zoom call for about three hours. That's usually how it goes. You can feel free to pop in whenever you want. If you can't make it at the beginning, that's fine. Come when you can. Stay yeah. as long as you want to. We want to see some new faces in there. We always do. So, yeah. like, I, I imagine that we will this week. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, this, I, I say this every month. Every month that we end at the end of our Zoom hangout, we get off the call, and I say to you, that was my favorite one so far. They keep getting better. <laughs> Like they just really do keep getting better. It's yeah. really wonderful. We would love for you to join us. It's just a hangout. It is It is as though we just have a three hour open house where we kind of like all get together and just chat about stuff. Yeah. People share what's going on in their lives. We cheer each other on. We console each other if there's stuff hard stuff happening we we talk shit we too we, we laugh it's it's a great time so please join us if you can um we will look forward to seeing you Thursday yeah. please come yes. What's your announcement? My announcement is that we're collecting people's stories for 202101. Mm-hmm. So people, here's the deal. Uh, we are just at the end right now of collecting stories for Song 5, which is about parenting during the pandemic. I've collected a bunch of stories. Uh, if you have one that you would like to share also, please just send it to me at jamie at misfitstars.com. Uh, and then for this new song, and we'll get into this a little bit more, you know, just in moments, but if you have a story that you would be willing to share about falling in love, getting married, or having a baby in a pandemic, <laughs> you know, please send it over. Uh, Jamie at misfitstars.com. The story website uh, at 2020101.net is just vibrant. It's a treasure trove. It is so nifty. And you know, also, when you visit 2020101.net and just spend some time with the stories there, if you, for any of the songs, any of the topics, mm-hmm. think to yourself, you know, I have an experience here that feels relevant, please send it to me. We can attribute stories to people's first name and last initial, like Shannon C. That would be for Shannon Curtis. <laughs> or uh, Shh, don't, tell don't tell anybody. Or we can post them anonymously if that would feel more comfortable for you, if you're just sort of a private person. Or maybe if your story would be sensitive, if someone in your family were to read it, and you, it, they just come out as anonymous. Yeah. So, and we have a ton of those. Yeah. So whatever, whatever makes, suits you. Whatever makes you feel more comfortable is great. The point is the story. But if you want to take ownership of it and, and be proud of it and it's on our website, please do. That's great too. I loved uh, one recent uh, contribution that you got from one of our Misfit Stars. And the stories, by the way, are, are submitted by 
everyone, not mm-hmm. just Misfit Stars members. That's right. It's anyone who would like to submit a story. Anyone hearing the sound of my voice right now, please send a story. Yeah. Um, but we, but this is this one was from one of our Misfit Stars members who submitted a story uh, about parenting, and actually wasn't even really a story. It was kind of like a bit of kind of creative writing, like yeah. sort of. Uh, uh, sort of like straddling the line between poem, poetry, and prose. Yeah, you know, it was it was a it, it was, was a reflection. It was an artful reflection yeah. about parenting, and it was lovely. It was not. It was it was a different form than I think we've seen so far. And I loved that she brought sort of like a creative, a creative uh, effort to her sharing. It was re- it's really beautiful. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and really, we 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 talk each week about how we're collecting stories for this this week's song but if you have a story for any of the songs that we've posted so far we're still you know open to submissions for all of those yeah yeah surprise me jamie at misfitstars.com how you feeling baby i'm feeling all right yeah yeah just, uh, just all right well no i i i i i'm good i feel good mm-hmm. um i'm glad this is the last day of this song cycle i mm. think i'm really ready for a couple of days off, although Me our days off are going to be too. obscured by a Zoom hangout and a couple other things that we have to do. That's okay. We'll mm-hmm. get through. Um, so I, I am feeling sort of like the weariness of the end of, of the eight-day push to do, you know, a new song. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's just probably the thing that's been, that's been sort of like a, a layer of sort of like fog over me for the last like day. Mm. A little bit, but I, mostly I feel great. Oh, uh, mo- mostly I'm good. Everything there's there's not a, there's not a single thing in the world wrong, <laughs> right? I guess that doesn't that that is a separate question from what I'm feeling though, right? That's like, true. Circumstances don't necessarily inform uh, how how one is feeling. No, indeed, they can be completely they unrelated. Can be, and I, it's good for me to remember that. You know, I'm I'm the kind of person who, uh, when when asked how you're doing, I'm. I'm likely to just be like, I'm great without really reflecting, you know? I I actually saw a a Twitter post, somebody that I follow, um, she said she had her first checkup like uh, with her mental health, no, just a regular doctor, uh, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. And the doctor handed her a questionnaire um, about her mental health. Like, have you experienced any any of these feelings? You know, it's like anxiety, depression, lethargy, you know, like, you know, it, lately. And she's like, you do realize we're in a global pandemic, right? Like, <laughs> like, uh, like, of course I felt these things, you know? Um, but even so- even- it's, just a, it's a sociopathy test. If you answer no to any of them, you're a sociopath. <laughs> it's like a trick question, kind of. Yeah, totally. But it was funny because I, 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 I remember, you know, times when I've been presented with that similar questionnaire before going to the doctor and, and being like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm fine. That's my that's my default position is to say I'm fine. Yeah, you know, um, fine is such a bullshit word. I understand that it is, but it is my default position, and I have to recognize that. So I think I've been feeling a little less than fine actually the last day or so, but I'm also f- fine. <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing wrong, but I'm acknowledging that I've felt a little. There's bit... There's nothing major or specifically wrong. Exactly. There actually, is something a little wrong. Well, is it is it wrong? Is it wrong to feel a little less than fine? It's fine. The heart wants what the heart wants. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is like, <laughs> I'm not making a judgment on feeling a little less than fine. Right. It's it's okay. Yeah. It's okay that I'm feeling a little less than fine. Yeah. There's nothing necessarily wrong about that feeling, about having that feeling. That's true. But I'm just now acknowledging it. This is really 
like getting into the weeds of how Shannon's feeling. So let's move on to you. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. Uh, like you, I'm tired. I'm a little run down, but I'm, I, I feel strong. Uh, I, I'm so grateful on the last couple of days of our 10-day song cycle for my morning workout routine. Those are the days I least want to do it and they're the yeah. days I get the most out of it. Yeah. You know, like it really jump starts my energy for the day and it really, really helps. That's cool. Um, yeah, you know, uh, there's only so much sleep you can get when you go to sleep at 5.20 in the morning, which, which is, is what we've been doing we did. just like regularly. We've gone yeah. to bed after five, I think, for the past three nights now. We've worked until past 3.30 every night, every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, we're being really, really productive. Our schedule's just slipping a bit. That's fine. But like, you know, we woke up, laid in bed, reading our phones for half an hour, uh, got downstairs, made breakfast, and it still wasn't nine hours after we had gone to sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're getting like seven and a half right now. It's, it's okay. And I feel fine. It's yeah. totally okay. Also, I'm cognizant of the fact that I've just been missing that last sleep cycle yeah. for the last like number of days. And yeah. you know, I, I feel shockingly good, very excited about this new song, excited at how good it sounded when we pulled it up right now to make that mm-hmm. render for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, feeling really optimistic about all of it. Um, And also really, really excited to just not do a whole hell of a lot tomorrow. (sighs) That'd be nice. Yeah. That will be nice. Maybe just get in the car and drive somewhere. So we have all the benefits of like sightseeing without any of the exercise. (laughs) (laughs) If the weather's nice, we could even get out and walk somewhere. That would be wonderful. That would be nice. I heard it's going to rain, but we'll see. All right. Um, But I'm good. Good. I feel just calm and happy and good, focused, uh, stoked about this new song. I always just have this feeling when we get to this point of like, man, we did it again. Don't know how. I Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little miracle every time. It's like we're pulling a rabbit (laughs) out of a hat once every 10 days. Like, how did they do it? I do not know. And like, then we're the ones who did it. Yeah. To, to everyone outside the house, I'm sure it's just like, yeah, Shannon and Jane put out a song. That's what they do. To us, it's like, how are we possibly going to do this? <laughs> totally. Do it. It, it surely seems much more complicated to us than it does to you, which is like the opposite of how I think oh, it should seem. Maybe, yeah. Like no. whenever I see someone who works in another discipline that I don't do, like, you know, someone's like, you know, an architect. I'm like, how did you do that? And they're like, well, I just did architecture. You know? Yeah. <laughs> But like I, I architected, yeah, I architected that. But then, <laughs> like, it feels like the reverse here. Like, you know, people from the outside probably are just like, yeah, they're they're musicians. They do music. That's what they're doing. That's what they do. And to us, we're like, how do we do it? <laughs> Every single time. Every time. Every time I'm looking at a blank page with a pencil in my hand, I'm like, oh crap, how do I do this? <laughs> and then every time Shannon brings me like her demo recording, I'm like, how do I make this into a finished song? <laughs> how how do not just how do I do it, but how does one do it? <laughs> yeah. How is it done? And and thankfully for us, we get to do this every 10 days right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It is good. The time pressure thing is very interesting. I'm not used to it. Like the, the releasing a song on a deadline thing. We're used to album deadlines, but they are so far out in the future always. And there's mm-hmm. always so much time before them that even if we do a little procrastinating, it's hard to procrastinate that much when you're doing something you love. Yeah. And, you know, you just get excited and you want to do it. And it kind of finishes itself almost, you know? Yeah. You have a lot of time to reflect on the problem songs. Some songs, like kids, need a little more time, a little extended space to self-actuate. And, you know, when you're doing a regular album, you can just kind of do that. You can be like, you know what? Let's just work on this one a little bit. Let's set it aside for three weeks. Let it percolate around in our subconscious. We'll come back. We'll hear refreshers. And typically, you kind of know what needs doing. And we have like three days in in this case. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And not just to make decisions that make it kind of something, but to make it really, really good. 
That's the goal. That's the goal. That's our standards that we work to. You know what I mean? It's it's a wild ride. I'm Maybe this really one's crap. liking it. No, it's not a crap. It's actually really good. This one's a banger. I this love one it. actually kicks a bunch of ass. It does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, you know, feeling good, stoked for a day off. Awesome. Awesome. How about we fire up the good news machine? Let's do that. We did a we did a, we fired up the good news machine in our private social network last week. Mm-hmm. And it was so great to hear people's good news. I'm going to do this more often in the group because I idea. just like it was just really lovely to hear people's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I have one thing on my good news machine this week. Uh, and the rule about the good news machine, it can be a personal bit of good news or something that you read in the news or mm-hmm. saw in the news. Mine is a something I read in the news uh, yesterday that there is a new um, HIV vaccine that it's an it's an mRNA vaccine. Like the Pfizer Moderna COVID vaccines. The, like the Pfizer Moderna COVID vaccines that elicits an immune response in 97% of recipients. Wow. Which is astonishingly great. Here's the, it gets even cooler because the, 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 this vaccine, this HIV vaccine was made possible by the progress that was made specifically uh, in the Moderna mRNA vaccine. It's based on that same technology. But the Moderna mRNA vaccine for, for, um, for COVID, the COVID vaccine, was also based in large part on research that's been happening for years to formulate an HIV mRNA vaccine. So like, like this, this work is like cascading on each other and producing like great benefits. Like if How they're, cool. Isn't it cool? Like, and when you think about an, having an HIV vaccine that is 97% effective, that is that is absolutely paradigm shifting in terms of the HIV landscape around the world. So now, does that count every single like effectiveness of like immune response, like little tiny immune response to totally effective immune response? Like what's the distribution there? Do you know? I, I, I didn't get into the weeds of the of the scientific report, but it is the, the report was that it elicits an immune response in ninety seven percent of, I mean, like it's, it's got a ninety seven percent effective rate, like the COVID vaccines when they first did their clinical yeah. trials, and they were like, okay, Moderna's got like ninety six percent effective rate or whatever it was that they announced, right? Yeah, it's that these are the, these are these same kinds of trials that are coming out got that it. are showing the effectiveness, and of we'll the vaccine. know. At a longer time horizon, like of course, how long the effect, how strong the effects are, how long they yes, last. That's yes, that's amazing, though. It's how amazing good. news. I yeah. mean, HIV, you know, HIV AIDS, obviously, it, it was, it was uh, as bad a an epidemic in America in the eighties as as the COVID vaccine yeah. or the, excuse me, the, the coronavirus pandemic has been, but it was concentrated to certain populations and so it did not get the kind of funding and attention and you know it was and, and it was uh it was stigmatized yeah. because it was affecting you know certain populations marginalized yeah. already marginalized populations yeah. because it was affecting them the you know the 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 let's be blunt it affected gay people and drug users and the generalized response was well this is what they get exactly Thank you for simplifying that. Yeah, exactly. But but the but the actual like the actual effects in those communities it was devastating. Yeah, devastating. My uncle died of AIDS. Mm-hmm. And I, when you look at the numbers too, like they 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 are they blow the the coronavirus you know vi- uh, you know death rates out of the water. Yeah, I millions, mean, just, millions of people. And. And, and it lasted over a much longer period of time Decades. because because there was no attention given when it came to coronavirus. 
it, it had the potential to affect every human on the planet because it was a novel virus, right? And so because of that, everybody, all the, the people who manufacture viruses and do this research, they kicked into high gear yep. to solve this problem because it was going to affect everybody. Back in the 80s, it only affected these marginalized communities. And therefore, people were like, oh, yeah, well, we'll maybe we'll do a little research. Um, we'll throw a little money there. It, and it, like, you know, when Reagan was president, he just ignored the AIDS crisis altogether. I mean, like... Well, it, I mean, his his administration, like, was brought to power by the moral majority. Right? Remember that? Jerry yes, Falwell, et cetera. And the whole moral majority thing was, like, super bigoted against gay people. Actually not that moral. Actually kind of am- immoral. <laughs> More like the immoral majority, LOL. Totally. But, you know, it, it, it's... It, back to the good news part of all this. Oh, yes. Is that, that uh, you know, the, the HIV and AIDS has been largely mitigated in the United States in, in because of, of developments of, of, of treatment, right? Um, this vaccine obviously will revolutionize that landscape in the United States, but around the world and in countries where the, the more modern treatments aren't as readily available, there are, peop- there, are, there are people who are still suffering greatly from HIV AIDS. Um, you know, there, there are um, lots of communities in the continent of Africa that, you know, just have been ravaged by it and still are, you know, and so this vaccine will really change the landscape, has the, po- the potential to really change the landscape on that, which it's- is... Such, such great news. It's so exciting. Yeah. And you know what's really exciting also is it seems like this technology is, it's really one of like a, it, it, it's a next generation technology, this vaccine technology. Yeah. You know? Oh my gosh. And it just seems like it's going to open up so much more healing for so many more people and just make life better, not just for well-to-do white people, because we always get stuff made well, for, made good for us. Mm-hmm. For for people, you know, the, the, who you might say are like the, the bottom of the heap in our world, you know, mm-hmm. marginalized populations, the poor people in sub-Saharan Africa, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people who just, you know, get the shit end of the stick and they get it three decades later, you know? Right. And it's just so exciting to think that we could actually bring just sort of health equity, at least at the very remedial level of you will not die from something you don't have to die of. Right. You right. You know, yeah. that's just as a foundation. Yeah. Nothing fancy. Yeah. We can get to fancy and mm-hmm. we should, mm-hmm. but it's really exciting to think that maybe we could just lift that baseline up for yeah. like almost everybody in the entire world. Mm-hmm. I should mention too that the, the, there was a bunch during the Obama administration, they, the Obama administration invested uh, money, federal dollars into the development of mRNA vaccine technology. Mm-hmm. That was, that was an initiative that started long ago, you know, and this is another example of like, our, our, the United States government has the power to advance a lot of things. Like there, we, there, the power exists. We just need to elect leaders who believe in, in wielding the power of the United States to make progress, yeah. you know? Um, and, and, and so good, really good things can actually happen when we put that power to work. Seriously. For, for us. Yeah. So let's do infrastructure. Yeah. <laughs> What's so, your good news? Oh, my good news. Uh, so mine comes with a caveat, but I still stand by it as being good news. And okay. it's that uh, a couple of days ago, the governor of Arkansas vetoed Arkansas's horrible anti-trans legislation. Their latest anti-trans. That's right. Because he has signed other horrible anti-trans legislation. Yeah. In, yeah. But this one was a bridge too far for him. And uh, and he signed it. And he said... Uh, he vetoed in, it. He, I'm sorry. He vetoed it. And he said in his vetoing of it, his statement was that it was a 
dramatic government overreach. Which it is. Which it is. And, you know, that's not the right frame for it. I think that probably the better frame for it is that it's immoral. And then it's a dramatic dramatic, uh, uh, assault on human rights. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, and so, you know, he was doing kind of, you know, Republican small government framing for it. But I mean, you know, for somebody in that position, in that state, in the deep south to- We haven't mentioned exactly what the bill is because it's probably pertinent. This particular bill was uh, was to make it illegal Mm -hmm. to offer uh, medical treatment to uh, to transgender people. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Hi. Like, anyway, you were saying for people there, you know. Yeah. So thanks for that context. And so he vetoed it. And that is a big deal. I don't think he vetoed it for the right reasons, but just for like somebody in that position, yeah. in that state, mm-hmm. in that part of the country to just not blindly sign something for like that felt like a real step in the right direction. Now that said, the <laughs> legislature overrode his veto yesterday. So it's still going, it, it's, it's going to be law. It is law now. Right. Uh, and it will be challenged in court for sure. I mean, cause oh, yeah. like just, I mean, it's such a, it's such a flagrant denial of human rights, like yeah. to deny medical care to transgender people. Like, what the hell? Yeah. You know, so it, it will be challenged, hopefully. I mean... And hopefully overturned. Hopefully, but you're right. Yeah. But I'm really excited about the fact that there was so much mm. social pressure mm-hmm. and that, that social pressure of that sort, I mean, you know, people on the left side of the political spectrum are always up in arms about shit like that because they should be. We are. We are up in arms about stuff like that uh, because it's wrong and it's immoral. Uh, but, you know, for the tide to be shifting politically in our world to the point where a Republican governor of Arkansas feels that societal pressure to the point where he vetoes a bill like that, Mm -hmm. that feels like progress to me. That feels really encouraging. Yeah, and like we'll see what happens with, you know, will he face blowback from the extremes in his party? Of course he will. You know, will, will, will that act end his career? In the Republican Party, it might. Yep. You know what I mean? There's always a worse bigot waiting to take your place it's in, so in, true. in that party. There's you know? only there's only one direction to go when you based your entire existence on bigotry and dehumanization of people. Yeah, and it's, and <laughs> you know it's, what and I mean? it's not an improvement. No, it's never an improvement. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you're right about that. That it was a it was a it was a, a a shining light of good news when that happened. It was. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, we will take we'll take the win. Yeah, we I will. mean it's actually lost. It's actually we'll, take the, we'll take the momentary win. Yeah. We'll take the being forced into extra innings. Yeah. That feels like That's a double. But it is. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We lost in overtime, but hey, we got to overtime and we didn't think we were going to. That's right. So we'll take it. That's right. Is it a soccer metaphor? Is it a baseball metaphor? Nobody knows. <laughs> sports. Hashtag sports. Hashtag sports. So uh, briefly, what has our experience been this last week? Uh, I've been just deeply into this song. That's all. That's really all I've been doing. Yeah. That's it. It's been your whole yeah. week. How about you? Uh, I finished mixes. So in the four-day writing process that you do before I, you know, take the song into my studio, uh, I finished mixes on two more Trusty Sea Creatures songs. That record is getting done. How I'm exciting. so excited. It's such a good record. I really just am excited for when it's done so we can share it with, yep. I mean, especially with our Misfit Stars community because the the people, this is a, this is a, the work that you're doing on this record is made possible entirely by support we're getting from Misfit Stars. I'm like, doing this for free. Yeah. I'm spending literally hundreds of hours on this record for free mm-hmm. uh, because uh, 
of the support that we get from the Misfit Stars community. So when we keep talking to you about misfitstars.com slash join, this is a real world tangible example yeah. of the stuff that you make happen in the world when you support the work that we do. Mm-hmm. It's not like this abstract airy fairy stuff, like, oh, they do a podcast, how great. Like <laughs> I'm literally spending hundreds of hours of my time at no cost to this artist to make their album sound amazing because I believe in them yep. and because we have been empowered to do that by our community. Yep. So again, people, misfitstars.com yeah. slash join. Tangible reasons. There are That's tangible right. reasons. We took our backyard furniture out of the garage, put oh. it on the deck. That was exciting. It's a sign of spring. Spring is here. I love it. I've uh, been seeing some pregnant birds who look very mad. It's ah, very exciting. I want to know where their nests are. Uh, they don't want you to. spy on their that would be great. I know. They're 50 feet up a pine tree right on a small branch. Yes. We could get a cherry picker. Uh, <laughs> you would love an excuse to get a cherry picker. Kidding? Just station that thing in the backyard permanently and just go look at different trees. I would use it every day. I'm sure you would. Hey, baby, can we get a cherry picker? <laughs> you know, on a more serious note, uh, and we just want to touch upon this because I think it's a responsible thing for us to do to talk about stuff like this. Uh, the Derek Chauvin trial is ongoing, and we just kind of wanted to touch touch yeah, on that. Yeah, you know, it's it's in it, it, we put it in the notes because it is something that's happening in the world this week. It's sort of in the public consciousness, and you know, um, I've been reading a little bit about it on a daily basis, just brief summaries of what's been happening. I'm not watching it or you know paying close attention, um, but there were a couple of things about it that struck me this last week that I thought were worth mentioning, and um, you know. Let me just say what they are. The first was that I have never, I have never yet watched the video of Derek Chauvin killing George Floyd. Yeah, um, I, I just, didn't either. I didn't want to see it. It, it at the I was time, torn between feeling like a moral imperative to see it and not to look away from it, and also already knowing what it would be and not wanting to perpetuate the seeing of it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what the right answer is. Well, you know, and when it when it happened last spring. Um, end of May when he was when he was killed right I was just in an emotionally fragile state yep. and I I just knew personally that I couldn't I couldn't take that on uh the the actual visual images in my brain I right. just couldn't I couldn't introduce that into my yeah. where where I was Things at emotionally were scary as hell in May Yeah and so you know I I didn't I chose not to watch it then I would would am I a more in a more like mentally emotionally stable place now? Maybe could take it on, maybe. But I I also don't know that if I if I ha- see any benefit in, yeah. in watching it at this point. Yeah. I've heard descriptions of it, yeah. you know. Um, but that that's all to say that one of the descriptions that I that I read about it was because of the trial this week, and um and I I had not known this before because I didn't watch the video, and I've seen some still photographs which I maybe could maybe could have impl- implied this, but. I had not known before reading this this week that the entire time that Derek Chauvin had his knee on George Floyd's neck, that Derek Chauvin had his hands in his pockets. Yeah. And I don't know why. I do know why. I've had to explore why that just took my breath away when I read that. Um, honestly, just the, the image of sustained nonchalance yeah. in the act of squeezing the life out of another human being. Yeah. It's just a, it's a retching idea. It's a retching thought. Yeah. Um, I, it just takes my breath away and I, and I kind of don't really have the words mm-hmm. to say what that makes me feel. Um, but that was a detail that I had not really known mm. um, before reading it this week. And the other detail that, 
that that came to me as I was as I've been reading the coverage of the of the trial is in, in the first couple of days of the trial they had witnesses on the stand of, of people who had been eyewitnesses to uh, George Floyd's murder, mm-hmm. um, including the young woman, the teenager who who uh, filmed it on her cell phone, yep. you know, and others uh, others who were in 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 the area and saw it happen, and hearing so many of those people say that they have since then dealt with excruciating um, guilt or regret or or just been, been tortured about the fact that they did not slash could not intervene to save his life. Right. You know, um, obviously they don't bear any responsibility right. <laughs> for what happened to George Floyd. The police officers who stood by and did nothing while their coworker ended his life do have responsibility. It is their it would it is their job to protect people like George Floyd. Yeah. You know, um, they do. But the, the onlookers, of course, they don't bear any responsibility for that because I mean it, yeah. But to hear them talk about how they're dealing with that emotionally, you know, and have had to deal with that emotionally over the last number of months was just another just wretch, just sort of gut-wrenching. Uh, realization that this is what people are carrying. So it's not it's not just the the trauma of George Floyd's family. It's not just the injustice that George Floyd lost his life. It's not just the trauma that George Floyd's family lost their loved one. Mm-hmm. All the people who were there, you know, the trauma that they are experiencing on a daily basis because of having had to be witness to that. Um, and then the circle of trauma obviously gets much larger when we realize that the problem of police violence against people of color, it, you know, we had these major uprisings last summer and lots of folks, I think, were being awakened to the notion that our police system is an unjust system. It is a racist system. Uh, the facts, of, the facts of, of, of that injustice and that... that uh, structural racism within that system haven't really changed no. since last summer. There's been more awareness, which doesn't do a single thing. Well, and I think that, that that's why it felt important to talk about. Like, you know, this trial's happening. Yes, accountability. Uh, if Derek Chauvin is held accountable for his actions, that will be, that will be, that will feel like a step in the right direction. You yeah. know, we, we do need more accountability for police officers who behave, um, in a way that is not protecting and serving the public. Yeah. All of the public, no matter what color their skin is. You know, um, that's a step in the right direction. But like, I think it's important to just just to re-up on the notion that, yeah, it was real popular back in the summertime to, if you could, you know, get out there and, and join a protest. It was real popular to post on social media, you know, Black Lives Matter. Sales of Black Lives Matter yard signs went through the roof. Yeah, and, and all that stuff, you know, that's all good. It's all good stuff. But the real work of changing the system that perpetuates violence against people of color has to continue. Yeah. And I think that when we, we see coverage of like Derek Chauvin's trial, it's another opportunity to be like, okay, what am I doing? What am I doing in my own life to, to uh, examine my own racism? What am I doing in my, with my time and my energy and my money to, uh, to actually support work that is changing the system, you know, that is changing the landscape of structural racism in our country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
I don't know what that is for you. I know what it is for me, you know, uh, is, is continuing to, to um, expose myself to, to thought leaders on this topic, people who are activists in the Black Lives Matter movement um, and allowing their, their questions and their comments to challenge me, you know, get, putting myself on purpose in situations where I've got my assumptions challenged, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I've, and I've, and I have to, I have to learn and I have to rethink and I have to rebuild the, the pathways in my own brain that have contributed to structural racism. Right. You know, and then what am I doing, you know, with, with my efforts? You know, I think, um, you know, being involved politically obviously is one way that we do that. Um, but, you know, I just want to, I just want to, you know, bring it up as a little look reminder. Cause you know, for those of us who are not on the receiving end of police brutality, um, and likely won't be because of the station of our lives and the color of our skin. Like it's easy to be like, oh yeah, that was a thing that happened last summer. And no, we've, we've moved on to we've, something we've else. We got a yard sign, we fixed it. Exactly. And it's not fixed. And if you're serious about being part of the change, then you gotta, you gotta re-up. So I just wanted to use this as an, as an opportunity to be like, how are you re-upping? Yeah. <laughs> how are you, you know, you and I, um, uh, 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 months and months ago bought tickets to what we thought might, if we were really lucky, be an in-person event in Seattle happening on Wednesday night this week uh, where we might, we were, we were going to be able to go watch uh, see Ibram Kendi speak in person about his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. And I was looking forward to that very much. Obviously that's not happening in person because the pandemic still happening, uh, but it's a virtual event. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't, you know, I finished reading that book last summer. Um, I, I've, I've thought actually that I might want to reread it again now that I've had sort of months to let some of his ideas marinate mm-hmm. <laughs> in my life a little bit, but I'm really excited to hear him speak about it tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, that's, that's tonight for people who are listening to the podcast right. on the day it comes out. And if you want to join this now because it's virtual, like you don't have to live in the Seattle area, you can just go online and do it. And if you're interested in that, just Google Ibram Kendi, uh, you know, and the date and Seattle, yeah. and you should be able to get a link directly to it. Tickets are, uh, they, they make it really easy because it's an online event. I think tickets are as low as 10 bucks there you go. to get access to it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Good thoughts. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So should we take a break and then do the song? That sounds great. All right, cool. Okay. Back in a sec. heard our little break music. Mm-hmm. Those of you who listened to the podcast in the first couple of days or downloaded it in the first couple of days of last week's podcast got a little treat where we forgot to put the break music in and you heard us talking about... That's not we. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I don't know what happened, people. Like, I just missed a, a huge edit. It's like a, just a standard part of what I do, right? Like, trim out the part where we, like, chat Take with each other and go pee. <laughs> I just didn't do that. There was, like, a three-minute gap with just, like, little background noise as Shannon burped. I burped, apparently. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I'm glad we didn't say anything stupid in the break that didn't get edited out. 
I frequently, I frequently do. That's like that's my go-to move is to say something stupid as soon as like we like put our microphones down. I'm so glad I didn't. Oh my gosh, we rectified it. It's gone now. It's it's correct. But, but we got so many messages from folks who'd listen. Like, hey, so I yeah. think maybe you didn't mean to have this moment in your podcast. But thank you for those of you who messaged us. We really appreciate it. Apparently, people found it charming. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Someone said it was adorable. There okay, great. I'll take adorable. Yeah, an adorable. Uh, screw up. Screw up. No big deal. We, yeah. can, we can do that. Anyway, welcome back. Um, we have a new song out today. Wow. I'm speaking like in the future because we're recording yeah. this on Tuesday, but the song comes out Wednesday. So today we have a new song. Yeah. Uh, Came out today. That's right. Future today. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's called Breaking Ground and it is song six from the 2020 101 Project. And... Uh, it is because we're recording this the day before the song actually comes out. I have not written my sort of like introductory essay about the song yet. No. I haven't done it. So we normally have a little bit where we read to you the introductory essay and then we play the song, but I don't have that. So we're just going to have to introduce the song. Maybe we'll just do it next week. Maybe we'll just do a redo. Where we <laughs> like Today we'll just kind of like play it for you, talk about it a little bit or not, and then we'll, we'll end. Yeah. But like next week we can do the essay and talk more about Stuff. Sure, I, don't I don't know. Well, know. I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna introduce introduce the song because I want to give some context before yeah. we play it. But you know, in this process of the themes for each of the songs were selected because of the 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 stories that I collected from people about their experience in 2020 and the, the questions that you know I I asked people. I was trying not to give like leading questions. Like I I, I wanted to know. Let me. I have to. I have to rewind a little bit more. I have okay. To, I have to go. I have to. Reel those thoughts back in and let's start a little sooner. Remember last spring when we were doing our sustainability fundraiser where we were, mm -hmm. you know, asking folks to join the Misfit Stars community as a way to help us get through the pandemic. We had said that one of our goals in that fundraiser was to, that we were going to make a pandemic album, right? Like we were going to make an album about the pandemic. And we reached that goal. And so that was like something that was going to be on our to-do list for, you know, the following year. And as 2020 continued throughout the summer months, the fall. Um, I mean, heck, we just talked about the the social justice uprisings last summer and like there was the whole election stuff. There was so much more that happened in 2020 that was that besides the pandemic. I mean, they were all kind of intertwined in some way. They all provided at least context for one another. Yeah. Exactly. It became really obvious as the year went on that we could not do an album just about the pandemic. There were too many other spurs yeah. coming off of that, that that were relevant. And so when I asked people questions about their experience of 2020, I tried to be pretty open-ended about it. Like I tried not to be like, what was your experience of the COVID-19 pandemic? You know, like I was, I was like, you know, tell me what was significant for you about this last year or what did you notice? You know, how, how did things change for you or how, you know, what did you, I was trying to just offer questions that would that would be, um, the, where people could just provide their their honest answer without me leading to I think the term you're looking for is open answers. Yeah. Open-ended questions. Yeah, exactly. So I did that. And you would be shocked if you were to read the stories. Uh, I was shocked. Maybe you wouldn't be shocked. But I was shocked to see so many people share that some of their most, ex their, their most significant experiences of 2020 were about falling in love. What? Or that's dangerous. Getting married. Whoa. Or having a baby. Oh, man. There were so many stories like that. And I was like, well, gosh, they, they some of them are related. Actually, there was one person who shared that she got engaged in January 
and married in July and in October found out she was pregnant, <laughs> you know, like wow. in 2020. And I, you know, it, those things, those things happen all the time, right? Those, those are like normal things that people do. People start relationships with other humans. People sometimes get married. Uh, lots of people get married. Um, people have babies all the time. You know, these are, these are normal human activities. They're indeed biological imperatives. <laughs> in, in some sense, yes. Um, uh, the marriage part, maybe not so much a biological imperative. Is the love part imperative? I think that I uh, finding a finding a lifelong mate is a biological imperative. And I only say that because we see it in nature, you know, well, with, yeah. with the animals that don't it have religion. Be, yeah. Like the doves in our yard for sure are not Christians <laughs> yet. Well, as far as I know, there are there family. dove Christians? Yeah. No one knows, but they, they mate for life. But also there are humans who don't mate for life. Yeah. So I, anyway, that's a whole other conversation. And it, it could be argued that maybe we have socialized ourselves out of a biologically sensible thing. Or the other way around. We've socialized ourselves into, I, I don't know. Anyway, that's another conversation. But the point is that these are things that happen all the time. These are things that people do on a regular basis, even in non-pandemic times. But it seemed to me that these these three things, the falling in love, the getting married, and the having a baby, seemed to, against the backdrop of global pandemic, seemed to stand out more than they would in a normal year, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or, or, or a less dramatic year. Because it, I mean, like... <laughs> everything felt so fraught last year. And like the idea of like opening your heart to, to potentially fall in love with somebody is a super vulnerable thing to do. Especially when that person might like infect you to death. <laughs> well, you can also fall in love without being physically close to somebody. Yes, that's true. But, that's true. But you know, I, my point is that that's a, that's a super vulnerable thing to do, you know, especially in a time when things feel so vulnerable. But then I was thinking, well, gosh, maybe... Maybe the sort of like end of the world type apocalyptic feeling of the of 2020 maybe heightened sort of like the 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 need for that kind of connection. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe and I have I have People just, always fall in love in apocalypse movies. That's true. But and I also have like a super like soft spot <laughs> in my heart and always have. I've got several songs about this like falling in love at the end of the world kind of motif. It's really true. Lay I, me down first and most famously yeah, for you. Yeah. yeah. So I like, I, I really, I understand that this is probably an obsession of mine, but I was like- It's uh, just, it, it's a certain specific kind of drama that plays exactly into who you are as a totally person. It totally is. It totally is. The, 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 the fact of getting married in 2020 also is like a really big, it's a big deal. You know, like uh, people shared stories about how, there was, there was one person who shared a story about how- um, the way she phrased it was really cute. She's like, you know, I had the experience of um, my the so-called the so-called wedding of my dreams, like a large wedding with everybody she knows, was reduced to a, a much smaller event that ended up being something beyond all of my wildest dreams. Aww. you know. But, but the but the pandemic really altered people's experience of of getting married, yeah. you know? Um, and that was really an interesting thing to me. And then, and then we saw so many people shared stories about people, about, about having babies or, you know, deciding to, to try to get pregnant or, you know, people who had, you know, uh, grandbabies for the first time, but new life coming, new life being born into the world in the middle of a global pandemic <laughs> just seems like such a, such a contradiction, such a juxtaposition of, you know, wow, everything is, really hard and 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 
on fire out there. And yet here's this new life, you know, like the, the, the juxtaposition of those two things really sort of captivated me. And Mm. I think the thread that I, that I drew from all those experiences, the falling in love, the getting married, the having a baby, the thread for me uh, with all those things with the backdrop of the pandemic and all the other stuff going on, you know, um, raging wildfires in California and Oregon and Washington, you know, like there's so many things. Um, it just seems like, uh, those to, to, to go forward with those things, to allow yourself to fall in love, to actually go forward, getting married, to have a baby in that without, with that as backdrop seemed to me to be just, just audaciously hopeful Hmm. (laughs) about the world. You know what I mean? And I wanted to celebrate that. And, um, so that's where the theme of this song came from. And love it. Now you're going to hear it. It's called Breaking Ground. The whole damn world is burning down But you and I are breaking ground To see if we can't get something to grow Falling in love is worth giving go The glowing flicker sets a mood
that one's a heater. Heck yeah. I like that song. <laughs> I'm glad I like it too. You know what I mean? Like it's always that thing at the end of the process where it's like, you, you need to like it. Yeah, for sure. If you sure. don't like it, like if you can't please yourself as a primary audience, then that's a big problem. Oh man, I had so much struggle at the beginning, like writing this song. I had a few days and I only have a few days to write the song, yeah. like in this process, right? Yeah, four. But tops. I had like two, three, two and a half days where I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like this. You kept being frustrated. You kept coming down at the end of the night a little bit displeased. Yeah. <laughs> but then like two and a half days in, I had a breakthrough. Yeah. They always happen in the middle of the night. Right. But I had a breakthrough and like that chorus came out of nowhere. I'm like, well, the chorus just saved the song. Thank you. Yeah. You know, but it was, yeah, it was like a small miracle when that kind yeah. of thing happens. I like your vocal delivery on this song. Oh, thanks. It's restrained. It's thanks. cool. Cool. Yeah. It's, that's funny because I, so here, here's another like quirk of this working process, this, mm. this like production process that we're in right now. Like normally, normally in, when we make an album, yeah. you know, and I've got more time with each song, you know, I'll make a demo recording and I'll have like a, a vocal that I, you know, the first vocal I, I record, like, okay, okay, the lyrics are finished. I'm going to record this vocal. So that as I'm building the rest of the song, I can hear what it's doing with the vocal, you know, the melody line and stuff like that. And I always, that I typically re-record that because that was just a scratch. It was, a, it was just a throwaway. It was a temporary thing. Um, but, by, but by the time I re-record, it's usually, you know, several days or maybe a couple of weeks after I've written the song. And so the song has had time to like be in my head and I've had time to like hum it in the kitchen, you know, in a, while I'm chopping onions or whatever, you know, like it has time to like sink in yeah. to my consciousness. Yeah. And then when I perform it, I just know it better. Yeah. Well, in this process, I don't have that kind of time, you know, mm -hmm. like this song wasn't, you know, I didn't have it finished, I, uh, the finished lyrics and melody until like two and a half days into my writing process. Well, I've got to have this thing like to you on like day four. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, I, I didn't have time for it to like sit, but you know, I, I but I knew I had to re-record the vocals. The, the scratch was not going to be appropriate. So I, you know, I'm like, well, I haven't really known the song. Like I finished writing the lyrics literally earlier that same day. And I'm like, well, I have to record the vocal for, for, for real, you know? Yeah. And I did it. And I put together a comp that I liked, you know, parts, pick the parts that I like and put them together so that it's, you know, the version I like. Went to bed and I thought, okay, well, that's it. I've got to give you the song tomorrow. So that's it. That's the vocal, right. you know. Um, and then the next day, uh, it was nice out. And so we were able to do our backyard furniture in the afternoon. We yes. did that, right? And came in and I had to reheat dinner, but I had 35 minutes because the, the stuff I was reheating was going to take 35 minutes to reheat in the oven. And I'm like, you know what? Just real quick, while these while dinner's reheating, I'm going to go and try a couple more vocal takes upstairs. And You so didn't even go up there with that in mind. You went up there to listen. That's what you told me. You're like, I'm just going to go listen to the vocal yes, before dinner. That's true. And you listened to it and realized you wanted to do it again. Yes. And so by the time I realized that, I had like maybe 10 minutes left of yeah. that 35 minutes. And so I'm like, you know, just... I'm going to just do a couple takes. I had time for literally two takes, mm -hmm. you know. And then you comped it after dinner. And then I comped those two takes together after dinner. But the feel of, the feel of it, it made a real difference having just been with the song for one more day, yeah. you know? Like it, it made a real difference in how it came out. Anyway, that's sort of like behind the scenes. I love it. <laughs> behind the scenes info, but well, it- The song inhabits you first and then in turn you can inhabit it. Yeah, yeah. That's it just how that needs works. time. You just need time yeah. for that. I, I posted on uh, social media- 
last night, Monday night, as we were working, that you had just programmed a synth sound that made me want to cry in a good mm. way. And it's that line that comes in in the second half of the of the second chorus where it doubles the melody, where the melody is singing like, uh, together, you yeah. know, the synth is doubling it. I'm just like, oh, oh, man. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Right on. Anyway. And I want people, I want you to know that I programmed that synthesizer sound by hand on um, an analog synthesizer. That's not just like I'm some preset so... on a keyboard where I'm like, sound 38. I'm very impressed. Thank you. <laughs> well, and you know, we've been using a lot more like analog synthesizers mm -hmm. on this album and none of them, there's no computer in them. You can't store a sound. Mm -hmm. So like you turn the knobs and, and position the switches until it makes a sound that is as close as it can get to the one that's in your head, or maybe it's thought of something better mm -hmm. than you can think of either way. And you record it. Mm -hmm. And then this, as soon as you like turn the knobs, make another sound, that first sound, that's gone forever. Yeah. You could maybe get close to it. You'll never get it exact. Yeah. These machines have minds of their own on the best days. Yeah. Um, so you have to be really in the moment. It's great. It yeah. really is very conducive to an intentional practice of living in the moment with sound design and with a song. Totally. And focusing and getting to a point where you like it and committing. There's none of this, oh, it's all on the computer, we could change it at any moment. Nope. No, not at all. You gotta commit. Like people who got married in a pandemic. Whoa, way to bring that full circle up top. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but you know, regarding that though, I realized as I was writing this song as and, and when I chose it as one of the themes, I mean, I chose it, but it also, like, it was apparent. Really? That, it chose you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, that, but, you know, it wouldn't have been a theme unless it had appeared so much in people's yeah. telling of their own experience of 2020. It was like, I couldn't avoid it. You know, this was, this was a, a theme that definitely was important to people. And I understand that it's not one that applies to the majority of people, you no. know, like the majority of folks didn't fall in love, get married or have a baby last year. Yeah. But it is a thing that a lot of people did do. And, you know, I don't have, I don't ha I didn't have the personal experience of doing any of those things last year, but it certainly did make me think about like, the ways in which we sort of plant a flag of hope in a time that feels despairing, yeah, you know, and, and there are other ways to do that. And I think that that's where I sort of hook into this. Um, and, uh, and, and kudos to all of you who did those things, <laughs> whether it was falling in love, getting married, having a baby or doing other, some other act of planting a flag of hope in a yeah. time that was otherwise despairing. Like Maybe you just set up a Bumble account, <laughs> you know? <laughs> From each according to their ability. You do really. what you can, yeah. But you know, if you are one of the people who did try falling in love, you know, maybe you didn't even work out. Yeah. In fact, that was one of the stories I collected. She, the, the the story she shared with me was that she she fell in love and it was so exciting and so much fun and it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. But she still did it and she felt she felt happy that she did. Cool. You know, like it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a happy ending even though the the, the couple didn't work out. Yeah. You know, I love that. But you know, but if you were one of those people who did, you know, try giving yourself, you know, uh, over to the idea of falling in love or you got married or you had a baby. Uh, Maybe one, you married a baby. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you did any of those things, we want to hear from you because your stories, uh, yes, we want right, to, stories. we want to know what your experience was like and what that meant to you. Uh, in the context of 2020 um, for our 2020101.net website. Yeah, for our story archive. And people, I really want to underscore how important it is that we document this stuff 
while it's still happening and yeah. while it's fresh in our minds. Because, you know, our memories are fallible. Mm. They're colored by what we subsequently read about other people's recollections. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this really interesting piece in The Atlantic just this last week about how people's memories and perceptions and recollections of the pandemic era of 2020 are already changing. Mm. They're already shifting. Uh, they were interviewing a data scientist about this very topic. Mm. It's a really fascinating article. Uh, so really, like... It's so critical for us, uh, just from a sociological perspective, from an anthropological perspective, to capture this stuff while it's still happening, while Mm -hmm. it's still fresh. So if you have something that that you experienced in 2020, you know, or early 2021, it's still ongoing, right? About uh, any of these topics, about, you know, falling in love or getting married or, you know, bringing a small human <laughs> into the world in a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, please share it with us. We want to know these stories. We want to know them for ourselves, just selfishly, because we're story people. Mm-hmm. And we love hearing your stories. We're always the ones sharing our stories. That's great. That's what we do. We're artists. That's what being an artist is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it means we have an enhanced love of and appreciation for other people's stories also. Mm-hmm. And so when we get to hear yours and sit with yours and learn your experience, it enriches our experience. Oh, absolutely. And it'll enrich other people's too, you know? Mm-hmm. When you contribute a story to our 2020101.net story archive, you're giving a gift to other people. Mm-hmm. And I've been hearing this a lot from people who reach out and just say, hey, you know, this story archive, I thought it would be cool, but I didn't expect it to be moving. Mm. I didn't expect it to be so relevant to my experience. Yes. You know, for, for me, I found it to be really an exercise in expanding my horizons of understanding of what other people have been going through. Yeah. Because I can't live everyone's experience. Right. We have our particular experience and ours is weird and kind of insular and we're in the house a lot and, you know, (laughs) like I read the most amazing story that someone contributed uh, about parenting. It's up, it's the most recent story as of me saying this right now Mm. on uh, song number five, uh, you know, the last song about parenting and she shared her experience being a single mom of an autistic five-year-old. Wow with comorbidities and like literally every time she wanted to leave the house she had to get childcare. wow every time like mm-hmm. got, want to go to the pharmacy and get a prescription gotta find child care mm-hmm. forget something in instacart gotta get child care wow overwhelming wow. totally wild couldn't bring the little person with them anywhere you know right. except for outdoor spaces with no other humans which right. is also this whole other fraught thing it's like so educational just to learn what someone else's experience was like during this time mm-hmm. you know well, we, it's important to do that, right? Like we develop our, we, we have an ongoing development of our worldview mm-hmm. based on the information that we take in. Yeah. And so if you are a person who cares about developing your worldview in such a way that it uh, encompasses um, compassion for all kinds of people and all kinds of experiences, this is a great way to, yeah. to do that. It's, it's, and if you're not interested in that, what the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> to quote Joe Biden, come on, man. <laughs> I love it. I love when he says that. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. I didn't think I would like him as much as I do. I, like he's a likable human being. He's great. I didn't think I would like him as president as much as I do. I really did not think that. Same. Same. But I do. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm 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 grateful that that he's at the helm right yeah. now. Didn't expect to be saying that. Yeah. Also still wish it was Elizabeth Warren. But you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, Liz. <laughs> a girl can dream. Yeah. Um well, you know, I think that that wraps it up for this week. Yeah. We've got uh, the new song now, Song 6, uh, Breaking Ground. Uh, and by the way, I want to mention, mm. before, we had a little a, a little mini debate. It wasn't even a debate. It was a tiny conversation last night. Yeah. I mean, if you, hear, you hear the song, and the, the hook of the song is, As the World Burns. Right. right. As the world 
world burns. Say that over and over and over, and you're like, why isn't the song called As the World Burns? I asked that very question. Such a good you, line, you know what I yeah. mean? Breaking ground is so abstract. It not is. Very, not very evocative. I know, but it was really important to me that the song not be given a name that was about the negative circumstances that were the backdrop to the hopeful act. But what if it's like a heart on fire kind of burning? No, it, but like it, roaring flame. But it wasn't. That's not the context of the of the song. Mm. In the song, the hopeful act is the act of breaking ground, the act of like doing yeah. the new thing. That makes sense. So anyway, in case you were wondering why we didn't name this, why I didn't name yeah. the song, Shannon really gets kind of like I name songs. I want you to know that sometimes one of Shannon's songs will have a name that I thought up. Yeah, but she kind of gets. That's like Vito writes, because like they're her songs. That's only fair. Like <laughs> sometimes I'll that. think of a song name, or as in this year's case, an album name, and she'll be like, "That's great, let's use that." And sometimes I will think of one. She'll be like, "No, no, no, that's I bad. veto. That's stupid and bad. You're stupid and bad." Uh, no, I do not say that you're stupid and bad. No. Or do I say your ideas are stupid and bad? That's so true. You don't say either of those things. You're way too considerate. I am very considerate. I try. Yeah. I'm just trying my best. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your earnest best. It's really true. All right, people. You all, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Misfitstars.com slash join. Please help signal boost our work in the world. Thank you. We do thank you. And for those of you who are already Misfit Stars, we love you. So much. Um, we'll see you at the Zoom Hangout, uh, Zoom Meetup on Thursday evening. Um, and we will be back again next week with another podcast. We will not have a new song to talk about next week. Wow. Because we'll be still in the process of working through it. But that'll be exciting in its own way. Yep. Uh, but we'll see you next week. Uh, in the meantime, take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love you guys. See you soon. Bye.